Welcome to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Counting down movies, music, TV, and pop culture. One top five at a time. And now, here are the two peas. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. I'm so thrilled that you're here again this week. Gerald with you, your host, of course. And I have another pea on the pod. You guys know that I do that. We're two peas, so I have to bring in the second pea. And I'm excited about who it is tonight, this week, because it is an old friend of the show. We've known each other through podcasting, through social media for almost five years now. And he's absolutely one of my favorite people. A podcast that he used to be associated with was one of my very, very first independent podcasts that I listened to that I just fell in love with this dude automatically. He is just such a great guy, great voice. Chris Brayton is back on the peas. It's been a long time, brother. How are you? Oh man, it's so good to be on the show. Anytime that you ask for me to record, it's just like abs- it's always just absolutely. It's it's easy. <laughs> you're one you're one of the most professional dudes to work with. It's so easy to record with you. And uh, when I was talking with my wife Elise, I, I said, "Oh, I'm I'm going to record with Gerald tonight." She says, "That's um that's a Taylor Swift guy, right?" And I'm like, "Absolutely." Yeah. So, and she's like, oh, man. "And and I said, yeah." I just, oh, I love his voice. His voice sounds great so anyway <laughs> well thank her for me but you you I do uh, now what I, what I was referring to was more gooder than which of course right. is one of my favorite shows I still wear the t-shirt of, of that show on a weekly basis that I have here <laughs> at the house I love you from that I know you from that and then you crossed over a while back and you started doing this podcast called I like to like things which is great because of the positivity involved in that show it is still a fairly new venture for you I mean you, yeah you've been doing it was it about a year now maybe or ish yeah it's been um, a year and and five months since since we started. Okay. So as as of this recording, yeah. So now yeah. you mentioned Taylor Swift because I came on that show and she was <laughs> a topic for me on that show. Tell everyone what you do there, man, because I think yeah. people should seek it out, man. It's a, it's a great listen. <laughs> That's so funny, yeah. So it's funny because you talk about MGT and more gooder than man. It's such a that was such a blast to record. It was us just making fun of movies and and we just had a really really good time. I actually even listened to a couple episodes recently. And I was like, oh, I forgot I made that joke. That was pretty funny. And so, right. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> right. but then we, tra- after that ended, we transitioned into me doing a, um, a podcast with my wife, Elise, and where I interview people about their favorite things. And that mm-hmm. thing can be anything. And so I uh, like, if it, like for you, like you came on and you talked about Taylor Swift, I, and Naturally. which was it was a great episode, but the catch is, is that I can't already be a fan of it, and that's what right. the real, the real crux of it is, is so that I can learn to like something new, and mm-hmm. and it, uh, it's just, it's all about ultra positivity. It's about learning new things, learning to connect with people that you on a different type of level, because, um, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it actually, it's funny because it, it came from my sister in law would make fun of me liking the NFL. I, I love watching okay. American football. I I love it. I, I can watch it all day, every day, if I if I if I had the chance. It's not my mm-hmm. favorite thing. It's not my favorite thing, but like I been so but then I'm like, gosh, how could she? How could she make fun of me for this? But then it's like, oh gosh, right. I do the I do the exact same thing to so many other things. Like, ugh, why do they like that? That's so dumb. And then so so, so can I can I ask you something about that? Because I'm curious about yeah. this, Chris. Go for it. So doing I like to like things, and you've been doing that show for a year and a half now. Yeah. So we can use Taylor Swift as an example in my question here. Uh-huh. So now you have your you have your initial episode with your guest on, right? I came on. Right. I, I introduced you to some of the, the favorite things I love about Taylor and why. 
why I think you should like her and listen to her and everything. And then you do a reaction the next week where you know you do that. You do the homework right. and you, you kind of react to your first impression or whatever whatever you want to call it of the thing, right? Right. So now, are you revisiting some of these things later on? Are you still a fan of them after your initial kind of research of the first couple of weeks? Yeah. So, like, like that's such a great thing to bring up because, like, the, the importance of the show is the actually not just the interview. It's the it's the next week because we really do, Elise and I, we really do take the advice of the person on the show and we try our absolute best to become a fan. Uh, Gerald was fantastic. He gave us like a list of songs to listen to for Taylor Swift, why we liked them, uh, why he liked them, why we should like them, and like uh, like what they meant to him. Super mm-hmm. easy. Super Yeah, so for the most part, yeah. I mean, there there hasn't been an episode that it hasn't touched me deeply, honestly. Okay. There's some, there's some episodes that maybe like affected me more um and like became part of like my everyday life i one of the ones oh, i cool. like to point to is is our gardening episode that i had uh with stacy from the run with me on this podcast she was incredible mm-hmm. and she taught me all about gardening and like i literally right before we started recording i was watering my my turnips so like it's it's <laughs> like it, great, you know so like and so like for you it's so for me now whenever i hear a taylor swift song even if like i don't like put her on all day every day on repeat a taylor swift song mm-hmm. will come on and it reminds me of you and so like so like and that's actually what ends up happening and i think it's that's what ends up being the most important thing is that it connects me to somebody it connects me to somebody else that i had a really important time with and so whether i do it every day it's it's now has become something that's in that that is like part of my life that's great man i love it everybody make sure you look it up i'll let chris tell you where to find it at the end of the episode as well and i'll have links in the show notes for you i like to like things uh please check it out so chris i like you man and <laughs> we do a top five show we do a top five show and you've been on many times i mean i lost count to be honest but you're probably <laughs> getting to the double digit range yeah and probably. you're a frequent guest you're a frequent collaborator of mine and you you know i hit you up literally less than 24 hours ago and i was like <laughs> hey <laughs> I was like, hey, Chris, can you record tomorrow night? I want to try out this new recording software I'm using. And you're like, yes, absolutely. So not only does you agree to do it like on the spot for me, which is thank you so much is amazing. I, I can always count on you like that. But you also started throwing all these really cool topics at me. Uh-huh. And I actually added a bunch of them to my future to-do list because I thought uh, they were so, so great for future <laughs> countdowns. But why don't you tell everybody what we landed on tonight and what we're counting down tonight? What do we got? You know, it's funny because when you messaged me, I was literally grilling in my in my in my dad's sandals i was grilling in my dad's sandals and my my wife was out and it was a beautiful sunny day so she was laying out she loves to lay out and catch that catch that star damage and uh anyway and so we just are both looking at each other like oh it's gotta be best movie dads it's gotta be best movie dads and so there we are dads yeah I love it. I love it. Best movie fathers. You know, we talked about is it, and another kind of caveat about that story from last night is when you hit me up initially, uh, you were like best, you know, best dads from TV and movies, or I think you said TV or movies. And I was like, yeah. okay. So I read that as like best dads from TV or movies. But what you were saying was pick one. Yeah. And I started just <laughs> immediately thinking of all these, I immediately started thinking of all these TV dads, which I think yeah. we're going to do in a future episode, but you and I are going to do cinematic dads, movie dads. So tell me, man, when you were coming up with your list, which, like I said, has happened in the last day, uh, how was it? Was it easy for you? Did you have a bunch around the top of your head? You, you know, I had about ten that immediately came to mind, and so like when wow. I'm creating the okay. when I'm when I'm creating the list, I always just start right now. Whenever I do a list for you, it's just like what is the first one that comes to mind every time, mm-hmm. and so and so that's how I create the list. It's just like is like that, and that's similar to like. Whenever I do any list with you or uh, like whenever I'm coming up with a list for like, I know that we're both big fans of Winters from So I Married a Movie Geek. Like when we're coming mm-hmm. up with those those movie drafts, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm not going to overthink it. What comes to mind? And that's how it is for me. And, cool. you know, we're both dads. And like I, one of the things, the reason that I even brought that up too is because... I'm seeing all these movies again with my with my daughters and I'm seeing yeah. them through the eyes of like the dads instead of the eyes of like the kid now. And so right. like when you're seeing these movies like it, it it's so different watching these movies as a father a, a, than it was and so it's just a whole new ball of wax really. Yeah, you know, for me that's interesting to hear you say that cuz you're thinking at it from the angle of actually being a dad too, which I guess now that I'm thinking about it I didn't really do that at least not 
purposefully, but I think maybe the connection I have to a lot of the ones that ended up making my list is probably because of, you know, the fact that I am a father. I mean, I have a daughter that's almost 20 and then I have two young boys. So I'm kind of all over the place in terms of (laughs) of fatherhood, but I don't know, man, these didn't really come to mind as quickly as I would have thought, you know, the TV dads did, because that's what I thought we were doing initially. Right. And I thought of four out of five, like literally immediately. I was like, okay, bam, 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 bam. And those four. And then, you know, you were like movie dads and I actually liked that challenge and, but only one came to mind right away. And then I had to kind of start Googling and I looked at my Blu-ray collection. You know, obviously Father's Day is right around the corner. So it's very fitting, too, that we're going to be doing this uh, when we're doing it. But I'm excited, man, because it was a little bit more of a challenge for me, which isn't always the case, especially when we're talking about movies. Right. But this one was, but I'm really excited, especially for my top five. I think I really have a nice, firm top five list, man. So... Uh, guys, again, Chris Brayton's here. He's an old friend of the show. He's an amazing uh, podcaster as well, so make sure you check him out. We're going to take a very, very quick promo break, Chris, and when we come back, we're going to get into our top five movie dads. Okay, man? So sit tight, brother. Yes. Hello, listeners. Did you know that there's a lot more content where this episode came from? As you may know, we are an independent podcast and we rely on donations in order to keep going. Over on our Patreon site, you will find several ways to stretch your dollar. I am currently producing six exclusive series that you can only get there. They include popular ones such as My First Time and 100 G-Tunes. You'll also get regular main top five episodes, just like this one, super early, often weeks in advance. For as little as $1, you can help the show continue. Just visit us over at patreon.com slash two peas on a pod, or you can check the show notes for this very episode. Now let's get back to the countdown. All right, guys, welcome back. As I said, we are doing our top five movie fathers this evening. I guess technically in honor of Father's Day, as it's right around the corner. I thought it'd be really cool to do this, and I appreciate Chris coming up with the topic. Chris, I'm going to let you go first, man. You know I'm going to do that to you. You're the guest on the show. Uh, What's your number would, five movie dad, man? Okay. This actually, this is, this is I because my wife helped me come up with my list, like really break it down, I, I let her pick my number five. And and okay. after the, I let her pick it, and like I agree, because she talks about this dad all the time and like it's someone as a dad of course of daughters too um it's a dad that like i actually have i i since have watched the movie and i totally agree with her the dad's great mm-hmm. and it's um it's stanley tucci's character in easy a uh dill pendergast and mm-hmm. he him and so often in those teen movies those movie about teens the dad is very aloof or he's very mm-hmm. like non-hands-on and so what ends up happening in a lot of those like teen movies is that the mom is amazing and mm-hmm. and which is great too like that's great but like in those movies like the dad is non-existent and that's usually where the conflict right. comes from is like this aloof dad well Stanley Tucci in, in Easy A he is like hands on super mm-hmm. supportive of his kids like just this dad and like him and the the mom's um the mom character they're both their chemistry is so good and there's just like they're a team and it's something that mm-hmm. like I like in that because like me and my wife she's my best friend we're a team we, you know we're, we're we are we are co-parents you know like that's what we're doing and so to see that on screen and plus Stanley Tucci is like one of the best that dude is that dude oh, is oh, he, oh he's amazing oh he's the Incomparable. best did you see the did you see the stuff yes <laughs> story recently that went uh-huh. viral because was it was it Prince uh, which Prince was it I think it was Tr- uh, William named. Prince William Prince yeah. William got yeah. named the sexiest bald man alive and there was like, like this no. viral campaign <laughs> yeah really Tucci. No. Uh, I mean he's a he's a gym dude this is a yeah. honorable mentions but I absolutely love him in this movie I love him anyway but the 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 duo of him and Patricia Clarkson as the mom in this movie. That's it. So, yeah. They're, great. Okay. they're they're a great parental duo in this movie too, but Stanley and they're so funny, you know, bouncing off each other. Yeah. But you're right, Stanley Tucci really does shine, which I didn't think about it until you just said it, but you're right in the teen comedies and the teen rom-coms, it's usually the mom. That's kind of like the hip mom or the cool mom right. or whatever. And yeah, Stanley Tucci kind of took on that role as the dad in this movie. It's in my honorable mentions. I love it. I love Tucci. So great pick, man. Dill Pendergrass. Yeah. <laughs> right, 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 I think. What's your name, Dill? Yeah. Oh, the Dill. That's my good. That's my name. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Dill, brother. Yeah. Now look, uh, my number five is going to be controversial. All right, Chris. <laughs> so uh, the reason, <laughs> the reason being, is because he's not really a dad. Oh, that's the plot I, twist. That's the plot twist. Ah, uh, but I'm ready. But he. 
he's a father figure and at the end of the day uh he's a dad that saves this young baby but it's h.i mcdonough portrayed by nicholas cage from the coen brothers raising arizona is my number five i i, what do you I think, think it, I, I think it's really you know i actually have never i've never seen the movie it's on my like oh. to-do list i know it's so oh, weird oh man and that actually it's funny because that was another one of our topics is what is what's a movie that you've been meaning to watch <laughs> and you have it that was going to be on another that's list. right that's but right yeah but that, raising Arizona, I love that you included someone who's not the biological father, but is the father regardless. Right. And right. I, I so, think that's so strong. I think it's such a great pick. So I don't want to. I really do. Yeah. Thanks, man. I don't want to give away anything because I can't believe you haven't seen it. It's like 1987, I know, right? Chris. I don't want to spoil a 1987 movie. I know. But uh, there's some um, heroic stuff that occurs. With, you know, because there's a young baby. I mean, I'm sure you know the premise, but there's a young baby um, infant that's been kidnapped, right. and Nick Nicholas Cage kind of becomes the unofficial protector of this kid. So gotcha. because of that, and in that vein, there's a lot of things that he has to do to protect this child that's not his biological kid, but that he has grown such a kinship and a fondness to. Um, and he's just just becomes a protector, which as fathers we inherently are. And he takes that on after only knowing this kid for a couple of days, and he just becomes attached to this kind of like idea of this family dynamic which is a wish for him and a dream for him and Holly Hunter's who's uh, his wife in the film and it's, it's to this day and I love Nicolas Cage we've actually devoted an entire episode on this show to him but to this day this is my favorite Nicolas Cage movie still still and Man. it might be the first one I saw well no I saw Valley Girl first but yeah <laughs> this is my favorite Nick Cage movie man I love Raising Arizona so so much the dry humor his performance is just so it's so non Nick Cage. It's a very like quiet, timid, like leveled performance, and I think maybe that might be why I love it so much because it's so different <laughs> than all his other stuff. But you got to see this one, Chris. I can't believe you haven't seen it, man. I I know, man. It's a big blind spot. Um, I I, I have wanted to see it, and that people forget that Nick Cage is a really good actor. That's the funny thing. Yeah, he's great. It's like pe- mm-hmm. people forget that because he's just so insane. So you pick right, his most to do. Right. But no, right. love the pick. Love the pick of the non-biological father. Yeah, I figure why not. I love that movie so much. It's made a couple other lists on the show, and I figured I'd go for it. So H.I. McDonough is my number five from Raising Arizona. We're back over to you for your four, man. What do you got? All right, so I have... um, I, this guy could have made my list for a lot. Uh, like he could have been on the list a lot. Uh, like I could have filled. Uh, let me say that again. He could have been on this list for all five for different movies that he was in. But I'm gonna pick what uh, I'm gonna pick uh, Armand Goldman, played by hey. Robin Williams. Uh, Robin Williams in The Birdcage. Crossover man. Oh crossover. no! I hate you, crossovers. You hate, you hate I, crossover. I hate crossovers. <laughs> Do yeah. me to switch mine out? I mean, I'll switch no, mine no. out with my six if you want. I can, I can go ahead. I can talk switch. About it. No, I can. Okay, I'll, I'll bring it in. I know we, we don't. We can do crossovers. It's all right. Um, yeah, but uh, no, I, I didn't see this movie until uh, fairly recently for more gooder than that you brought up. And uh, oh, okay. and I could have done either Robin Williams or uh, Nathan Lane's character, and that just both of these people are so about the kid and like he was a single dad that took a kid that the mom didn't want but he wanted to be a father so anyway it's just amazing right. and like the kid uh val right val's the kid's name yeah val. right the son mm-hmm. yeah val is val is incredibly selfish he really really oh, yeah. is he, he asks mm-hmm. a ton of robin williams's character and robin yeah. williams just is there for him and loves him and is affectionate and cares right. about him deeply and is willing to do anything for his for his kids for his kid yeah and like he he have he's having to embarrass himself his partner is being embarrassed um nathan lane is uh nathan lane gets super derided by val like val like nathan lane helped raise this kid right. and like he's like no 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 i don't he's anyway uh i agree so, man. i agree and and I, like I, I love him in this movie he's so great y'all abs- absolutely man robin williams i mean rest in peace but man what a treasure what a great just performer. I mean, I don't even want to use the word actor. Just like a great entertainer. No, performer. You know? he's just, yeah. He's just. He's just can do it all, man. And and the birdcage is just so. And the dynamic with Armand and Nathan Lane's character too is just so hilarious. Like oh, it's so touching. They're they're, they're yeah, yeah they are. There's just this couple that you know. 
love each other so much and part of their connection is their kind of like raising a vow and then you get to the story here with the Gene Hackman character who's this conservative and like you know so Val like you said is asking him to do all these kind of unspeakable things and really hide who they're who they really are right you know to please this girl's parents and you know it's like a whole thing hijinks and sue and Robin Williams is just such a force in this movie man he really he really centers this film I feel like I mean he's the nucleus of this film he does such a great job in it I I'm trying to debate if I'm going to take it out of my list or not. I don't know. I know you don't, I know you don't like crossover. I might do that no. in your honor. <laughs> That's but, true. Uh, so sweet. I, but I, I do agree the, with you. Yeah, I think the Robin Williams uh, speech to Nathan Lane when they're talking about um, this uh, their cemetery plots, which is such a funny thing, I think it's one of the most romantic and touching scenes ever in a movie and it's just someone just expressing how deeply they care about the person they love and and i anyway i was thinking about it the other day too and because like it's like i'm i love my wife so much and everything but it's just like he's it's just trying to explain it to nathan lane how much he loves him that like even when they die he wants to be next to him and it's just it's beautiful right. it's wonderful and i love it yeah it, it really it really is i agree with you 100 percent. all right so I'll, I'll think on the uh swapping it out when i get when it comes up on my list but before we get there yeah. my number four now i do have a couple animated films that were in the running but i decided to only pick one for my top five so okay. the one i went with is marlin from finding nemo i was right? curious if that was going to be on your list because it was it was on my list and and i kind of moved it in and out but yeah why marlin yeah great pick yeah marlin voice by Albert Brooks. Okay, now, he's a clownfish, okay? So, first of all. So, he's only, I don't know, maybe three or four inches long, okay? Right. This fish swims the length of the entire damn ocean, Chris, (laughs) to rescue his son, to find his son. Um, You know, just the thought of what that... You know, because that can be used as an analogy for like the daunting tasks that we face in life. You know, now we're talking about fish in the ocean here. And if you really, really think about it, the same thing can be said for like, you know, humans in society. I mean, billions and billions of people just kind of wandering the earth. And in those terms, now we're underwater and instead of people, it's fish. And the character development was so great here. I mean, Disney Pixar does it every time. They make you cry. They make you feel things. They kind of teach kids all these really deep, you know, meaning about life that kids probably don't care about at that age and Pixar kind of puts in your face but but Marlon just he's determined to find his kid you know and he meets Dory along the way and she's a great character and, and together they go on this adventure they encounter sharks and all these different just obstacles and because he wants to find his son um, I absolutely love this movie man it was also it's also a bit of nostalgia for me because it came out in 2003 I think if I'm not mistaken in 2003 it's either 2003 or 2004, and my daughter was like three or four years old, and it was the first right. movie she saw in a movie theater. Oh, man. So that's also really special yeah. to me because, you know, I, I can remember the first movie I took my daughter to see was Finding Nemo. So, And then you have the connection there. Of course, it's the son, but you know what I mean? You have the yeah. the parent-child kind of connection in the film, too. So, yeah, Finding Nemo for me, man. Are you a fan of this one or just Disney Pixar in general? Oh, yeah, man. Like, I am... I love all the Pixar movies, except for The Good Dinosaur. I hate that one more than life itself. <laughs> yeah. I hate The Good Dinosaur yeah, not very so good. much. I hate yeah, not very it. Good. I absolutely hate it. Um, <laughs> no, I seeing those movies, like for us, the first time we took our oldest daughter was The Lorax. So like, I totally I totally get what you mean. Like, You're just like, oh, that that one. And it's about, for you, Like, it's about father-child interaction. Like, oh my gosh, right, Like, right. you'll never forget it. No, I love Finding Nemo. Um, loved it. Yeah. I mean, I was I was just coming out of just coming out of high school when that came out, actually, and then um, and then I uh, I still loved it though. Like the like the last what was the last Pixar movie to come out for it was Soul, right? Soul was the last one. Soul just came out. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then you go to Coco. Coco is the my last like one that I really, really, really enjoyed. And Coco just destroys yeah. me still. So like any any yeah, Pixar they, movie, they do that. Yeah. Yeah. They, they have a they have a direct like main line to my heart and my tear. Ducks. I agree, man. <laughs> I agree. It's crazy, man. I mean, I know we're not doing a Pixar show, but my favorites are like you know Inside Out, Wally. I mean, every time I'm like just a so- a slobbering yeah. mess. You you know, and it's just it's crazy because I mean, at the end of the day, these movies are made for kids. They're made yeah. for families. And Dis- Disney Pixar specifically, and I'm not saying other studios 
haven't done it because they have, but Pixar specifically has really tapped into like adults are going right. to enjoy this just as much, if not more, because of the things we're going to, you know, connect them to in adulthood. And in this case, you know, like I said, the parent child relationship and, you know, wanting to, you know, always have, always be a protector for your child and never letting them out of your sight when they're young and that kind of thing really plays into the story of Finding Nemo. So you connect to it as a parent immediately. And then the kids are connected to it because of the animation and, you know, what they're seeing on screen. So I love it, man. And there's another one that was kind of battling for my animated slot, but I decided to go with Marlin from Finding Nemo. Love so there it. There you go, man. Such a great pick. And uh, we're over to you, Chris. I, what I do you think, got next? I one? think Marlin. Thanks, and his trip across the ocean to, to, to protect his family and encountering a shark called Bruce leads directly into my into my next one, which is Chief Brody from the movie Jaws. Roy, Roy Scheider. Yeah. I, you have it right behind your head. Uh, you have it right behind your head, yeah. I uh, do. I, Jaws, I think, is one of the most perfect movies on the face of the earth. I, I, there is almost... And it's oh, so yeah. weird because it's actually almost... It's two movies sewn together to make one movie and it still works and and the character so so something that no most people don't know is i am deathly afraid of the ocean deathly afraid of it like i it, it, like i can go into the beach and i could go like waist deep in the water the second i can't touch i'll have a panic attack like it's it's horrible like i am so scared of it and i know that brody is the same way brody is afraid of drowning like he doesn't swim mm-hmm. he stays in the car and so like I have identified with Brody my entire life. And so like and like mm-hmm. I know that it's irrational. I know the chances of me getting eaten by a shark are so low. I get it. Like I I, I have more chance right. of dying by slipping in the bathtub than uh, being attacked by something in the ocean. Yeah. But sure. like the second my feet don't touch the ground in water, I'm I'm gone. Like I'm dead. Like I might as well just like sink to the bottom. Yeah. But um so this dude in both Jaws 1 and Jaws 2, like he can talk about Jaws 2 a little bit. I don't count the other ones but like this guy faces literally the thing that i'm most afraid of in the whole world and also share he shares that fear and he does it because he has to protect his family now he can also say the family of amity island right his family in general um like his sons and the community itself like he's the dad and then you see him too at the same time it's so interesting because you see him fail as a father too when he lets his kids go out into the ocean even though he knows that he shouldn't let them but like he now i think it's so interesting because of during this pandemic time like you have these things where you're like you still want to try and live your life too but you know you have to be safe Mm -hmm. and like jaws is a very good comparison to like life in america like during a pandemic of like oh it's safe well it's not safe and you have some people you know what i mean like you have these these like all these people yeah you have these people that are on completely different sides and anyway i i have always loved brody i think he's the best roy scheider is just an absolute genius in this movie and um but like it's top it's top five movies for me so this had to be on there oh yeah no doubt no doubt it's in my top 10 movies of all time you mentioned the poster that I, i have on my wall here uh I mean, I got to be honest with you, Chris. I got to stop watching right. this I movie. Right, I know. I <laughs> know. I don't know if you've heard. I don't know if you've heard. I it know. literally has been on like a hundred lists I've done. So I did think about it for this list. I did think about Brody for this list. Um, and I'm so right. glad that, that someone that mentioned you? that that wasn't me, <laughs> so, we, so we could have a chance. <laughs> yeah. So we could have, so we could have a chance to still talk about it. But I think yeah. it's a great pick, man. I watch this movie at least once a year, every year on July 4th. Um, it's it, I just showed it to my seven-year-old son this year. I don't know if you heard me tell that story, but it was his first official right. like horror you know, that he got to see. And he loved it. He's not afraid of the ocean. Yeah. We're going to the beach this year, and he's ready to go, so that's good. Um, I, I love this movie, man. It's, yeah, it's, it's one of my all-time movie. favorites, and I talk about it all the time, so <laughs> right. you get no argument from me. So, Jaws, uh, Chief Brody, you're number three, man, so good pick. All right, so I'm going to switch out what would have been Armand okay. from The Birdcage, just in your honor, because I know you hate crossover. <laughs> so I'm going to switch it with my number six, with truth be told, right. they're all tied, and I love this dude just as much as Armand. But it's uh, George McFly from Back oh, to the Future. okay. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. All right. So the original specifically. Now, Crispin Glover portrayed portrays George in the first movie and then there was some legal trouble and they use his likeness and the follow-up and you know blah 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 so I'm really sticking to the original film here which is easily my favorite of, of the three movies anyway but George McFly you know you were talking about those aloof characters right that is literally what it is 
But when we get transported back to Georgia in 1955, we get to see kind of that backstory and what led him to be what he is. And then what can we change to affect that outcome, right? And that's what kind of the whole premise of Back to the Future is anyway. So Crispin Glover absolutely is divine in this role. Just hilarious charming uh you feel for him you root for him it's weird because the hero of the story is marty and you know nine out of ten people are going to be rooting for marty but if you really really think about it you know george is marty's dad so we have a situation here where the son is trying to be a quote-unquote father figure for right. his own father when you go know, back to 1955 right? in the movie <laughs> so it's a really interesting dynamic I love seeing the young George in 55. I love seeing the really aloof, kind of absent-minded, kind of like down-on-his-luck George that we see in 85. Um, The relationship that he has with Biff and how a lot of the same lines are used in in the two different time frames. Uh, This this is another one similar to Jaws that is in my top 10 of all time. And... um, I absolutely love it, man. It's probably my favorite comedy of all time. Like I just, I've seen this movie, oh yeah, a thousand times, and I laugh literally every time that George is doing his cackle while he's watching the honeymooners at the at the dinner table. I there, I will never not laugh at that scene. <laughs> oh, it's so perfect. Oh, it's so good. It's perfect. Oh man. So yeah. So George McFly. I'm gonna swap it out with Armand, but that's gonna be my number three. Oh you yeah. Feel good about I, that one? I mean, Back to the Future. Absolute. 100% classic. Like one of the best. Um, the it is so interesting that you say that too about it because I think of Back to the Future almost as a standalone film, and then two and three are 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 a, mm-hmm. a long movie. Like they're just a really like though you can't have mm-hmm. two without three, and you can't have three without two really if you really think about it. But like one, you could just watch one and be and be done with it. Right? Yeah. I I think it's oh yeah. Yeah, and I, do, I know, right? Frequently, <laughs> uh, we just watched this as a family not that long ago too, and, and the girls, uh, the, my oldest especially, my youngest, uh, she kind of tuned in and out, and that was okay. But my oldest, she loved it, and she watched it. She's ten, and so that's the first time I saw it when I was ten. So I'm like, okay, let's introduce this. And then we, one of the last things we did before lockdown was we went to Universal Studios, and uh, and oh, and we got while we were waiting in line for the tram there, Doc Brown came and hung out with us. So uh, yeah. Yeah, I know. So that nice. was really fun. I love it. No, no, I mean, one of the best movies ever, hands down. Well, th- thanks, brother. So uh, we're a happy family over here so far, Chris. We don't yes. have any crossover because I, I know you. I don't want to get you upset <laughs> tonight, okay? I want you to come back on the show. We're going to stay away from, we're gonna stay away from the crossover. sounds like such a jerk. All right. You so you like had... such a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Brody at, at three man from Jaws. What do you got you know, in your runner up spot, buddy? This is going to be the newest movie on my list, um, and it's going to be uh, mm-hmm. Lee Abbott played by John Krasinski in A Quiet Place. And yeah, ooh, ooh and, I, I like this. And the this. funny thing okay. was, is when right. I was thinking about dads, this actually was the first one that came to mind. Like I'm like, oh yeah, John Krasinski in in, mm, in A Quiet okay. Place. And um, I just think I, I don't want to spoil. I mean, it's I I I. I it's one of those movies where most people, I understand, most people know it. They know what it's about. I get it. But um, it's when a dad, he makes the ultimate sacrifice without even questioning right. it. It's like, oh, this is what I have to do. I don't even have to, like, yeah. I'm not even, no question. No question. Yep. And you see that played out. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, I took my mom to see this for for Mother's Day. It came out around Mother's Day. And I and I took my mom out. I usually take her out for, her, for Mother's Day. And we went to... Uh, the movie theater, one of those um, dinner movie theaters where you could eat dinner while you were there. Anyway, by the end of the movie, me and my mom... Our, and my mom is my mom is like exactly like me like we're the exact same person we're just like holding hands crying they do talking to each other and and um we and the the thing that adds to it is is that my whole family we know ASL we my aunt is deaf and so our family mm-hmm. our whole family oh, grew okay. up All right. signing and so when we when we're watching this movie we didn't need subtitles but like we didn't need this but um it was just another layer to it, and I just I love John Krasinski. I love John Krasinski. Yeah, sure. Um, and uh, I I think it's great that he was able to have like his wife in there with him. Emily Blunt is incredible. Oh my gosh, she was amazing yeah. in this movie. And like if we were doing movie great. moms, if we were great. doing movie moms, I, uh, she would have been up there too. You know, oh, what I mean? yeah. she would have been on this list as well, dude. I- 
dude, in, in that the year that movie came out, uh, 2018, it was in my top five movies of the year that right. year that I did for this show and put on Letterbox and everything. And I said back then, because I really get into award season, as you know, yeah. I'm a big Oscars guy. But she she won for that role at the um, right. Screen Actors Guild. Her peers voted right. her as the best actress. And she wasn't even in the conversation to be nominated because, of course, it's a quote-unquote horror movie and they don't do that, God forbid. But I just couldn't believe... I mean, the level of... I mean, because she's playing a, a woman who's right. nine months pregnant. Oh, my gosh. Okay? That, that can't make a sound. <laughs> okay, that's her character, okay? So I'm not a woman, but let me just tell you that if anybody's going to make a sound, it's going to be a woman at nine months pregnant. Oh, I know I would. Labor, okay? I would. So yeah. Emily Blunt, yeah, I, I would too, yeah. So Emily Blunt really killed it. I love John Krasinski, as you mentioned. I really love this pick because I didn't think about it, and I love this movie so, so much. It was, it's one of my favorite movies yeah. of the last few years. Yeah, uh, he So just, great pick, man. Great pick. Kind of pulled it out there. He does everything within his power to save his family. And if you watch the beginning of the movie, he doesn't succeed. You know, he doesn't succeed the entire time, but doesn't make him stop trying because that's the thing about being a dad is like you won't always do it perfect and but if you keep trying right and you don't you don't fail on the big things you'll still be a good dad and like he just his last his last words are i love you to his to his daughter and he fixes it and then and then he dies so like it's like 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 i hope that the last words to my daughter my daughters are i love you like i i I just like yeah so that's the last words yeah right right yeah great great pick man a quiet place uh john krasinski from that movie there what was his name of the film again lee abbott in front of me yeah lee abbott okay all right, there you go. All right, great pick, man. All right, so my number two is completely <laughs> different, uh, but it comes from an it comes from an actor that I love just as much as Krasinski. I've always been a huge fan of this guy, and I was just in heaven the last few years because he really rose to popularity across the country in the last few years with the television show called Shit's Creek, which I love. But I'm talking about Eugene levy's character mr l mr levenstein from american i was curious if if this was gonna be on your list i was i actually was betting that it was gonna be on there yeah that's good i'm glad it's on there yeah 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 mr l man i mean in the movie he's credited as jim's dad okay so what are we talking about we're talking about movie dads he's jim's dad okay and it and in the American Pie series, I mean, you know, American Pie one, we get introduced to him. He's in a few scenes, you know. He's he's talking to his son about, you know, yeah. <laughs> sticking his dick in the pie or whatever. And he's like, kind of like counseling, like it's okay, man. You know, we all do weird stuff when we're a teenager, you know. And but American Pie two, I mean, because Jim keeps getting himself into all these scenarios, right. you know, these precarious scenarios that are very embarrassing. And Mr. L's always there to just kind of like lift right. him up, like it's okay, man. Like, like, you know, you got to make mistakes to get through life. You know, if you don't make these mistakes, then, you, you know, you won't know better next time. And he's just always so positive and, you know, patting his son on the back the whole time. And I feel like he's just such an uplifting character that, you know, if he sat me down and was like, it's yeah. all right, Gerald. Like, you know, everybody does <laughs> right. X, Y, Z. Like, I, know. I would believe him. <laughs> I mean, it's Eugene Levy. You know what I mean? He's, he's great. He's an American treasure. I love him as an actor anyway. I can remember back in the 80s, he was in this movie called Armed and Dangerous. I that movie yeah yeah the uh dude i love him so much oh man i I think it's a good pick i think that people overemphasize the negative dad a lot you know in movies like you almost always get the negative dad the dad that isn't there for his kids and i understand that that's a lot of people's uh you know it's a lot of people's experience but it's not the experience that i have as a dad and it's not the experience that my dad was as a dad so like those dads Mm -hmm. don't make as much sense to me in movies and so when i see these 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 dads that have their kids back like uh you like they kind of look at you like uh it's probably not the best choice and like they still have a firm hand and like they, they're trying to raise you and everything, but like you're like for me, like my my daughters, I'm their biggest cheerleader. Like that's what I want. I want them to succeed. I don't, mm-hmm. and I want them to know me. And so when you get those dads that are just like, yeah, yeah, you messed up, especially with guys going through high school, because like that is like the, an awkward time. Even if you're a cool dude, even if you're captain of the football right. team, like you're still, it's still an awkward time. Yeah. Well, 
yeah. you don't know what you're doing. You know, you're trying to figure it out, and and you are going to make mistakes. I mean, if you don't make mistakes, right. something, something's wrong. I mean, you're you're going to make mistakes. You're going to do you're going to do dumb shit. You're going to make choices, bad right. choices. You know, so the dad can be very very understanding and can kind of like encourage you to do better next time. Which I feel like in a funny way, of course, because this is this is a you know kind of a raunchy comedy. But I mean, right. that's what he's doing. You know, and I, I love oh, Eugene Levy best. so much too, which really helped ele- yeah. elevate elevate this dad for me too so yeah man there you go from the american pie films jim's dad right or mr l uh <laughs> levenstein from the american pie films that's my runner up all right man we're up to our number ones chris i'm excited what do you got at number what's your number I one know. movie dad man i'm excited you know to it's so interesting because like uh, all, all of these could have been number one for me it's it's hard when i when i make a top five list i usually am just kind of in like well what are the five that i have to have on a list and then what order do you feel like talking about them in but this is a guy that's actually been kind of a personal hero of mine because um and this is i'm going to make my foray into animated films and i bet that this is probably something that was had crossed your mind but especially it's specifically from the sequel which is funny because i usually don't go for sequels but it's it's mr incredible from incredibles 2 craig t nelson yeah yeah, yeah. And, I, and i figured it was yeah. and i think that he is one of the most um relatable characters for me personally and in, in, in any film period like regard animated anything and one of the main reasons he's a big dude he's a, he's a big dude he's he's strong he he had a really cool life before he had a family and then he settles into having a family and incredibles one it's more about him like mm-hmm. coming to terms with like what it is to be a dad i've never had that problem like i love being a dad i love being married like all those different things none of that wore me down it's this it's in it's an incredibles 2 where he becomes a stay at home dad he becomes a stay at home dad to let his incredible wife shine and do her thing and be a mrs incredible is and holly hunter is just absolutely kills it as mrs incredible but like it's hard for him he shows that it's hard and that he has to make dinner and lunch and all these different type of things but i think it's so progressive and so important because there's a lot of dads especially during this last time that made the transition to being a stay-at-home dad a stay-at-home parent and breaking those like typical like gender roles and everything and so we made the switch we yeah, made the switch about yeah. eight years ago i agree yeah, we man. made the switch eight I, years ago i, I to, think to I, me being the stay-at-home dad i was gonna yeah. say i think you're on oh no yeah so you're living that yeah i was gonna say i think you're onto something there because i mean bringing up the sequel specifically because yeah. of that kind of important anecdote because let's be honest dude let's make no right. mistake that a stay-at-home right. parent now you can say during right. quarantine, which right. is like elevated then. But I'm saying even pre-quarantine, a stay-at-home parent that is dealing with children, 24/7, <laughs> right? Yeah, young children, it, right. they're superheroes. Okay. Now, typically speaking, and I know you're the exception, Chris, but typically speaking, right. it's usually the mom, right? I mean, in, in traditional, right. in traditional sense. So in this case, in this case, Mr. Incredible is like literally saving the world, so to speak. But it's not as as tough of a job right. as in his own home with right. his own children. You know, I mean, I feel like there's some comedy to that, but also there's some truth to it. And it is very important. It is it is a very important way to look at things as well. So I'm actually because I thought Mr. Incredible, but I would not have thought of that in terms of the sequel so i'm really glad that you brought that up specifically because i agree with you and i think that is a very important take and here's oh, Pixar again doing this where they're where they're kind of showing kids these really kind of deep deep right you know meanings yeah or whatever, it's it's, so. it's actually it's the scene when he does yeah. the math with 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 dash and he's just like when do they change yeah. math and it's like i i said those exact same things when <laughs> i i mean i am i am one year removed from oh, being man. able to help my oldest daughter with her math like she's already doing <laughs> when, I, did they I, change when did they change math, math is Math. Anyway, so what is but what what does Mr. Incredible do? He buckles down. He reads the textbooks. He he researches it. He makes it to where he's gonna nail it. He doesn't give up. He doesn't do that thing that we would see in like 80s and 90s dads were just like, ah, well, kids are kids. I'm gonna go drink beer. No, he gets down, he learns how to cook, he does all these different things, things that all I had to do. And so for me, I've never I've never had anything but like incredible like support and people from for, for me being a stay-at-home dad. But like for me, it also helps well, Mr. Incredible can do it and like he's cool doing it that like i don't feel so bad being the guy you know like yeah so yeah, it's always yeah. been great it's been a blast i love it but yeah mr incredible specifically yeah, incredible too well this was the other you know animated character yeah, that i was thinking I figured about it was. i mentioned marlon earlier and i think it i think it's a great pick man and everything you said makes perfect sense i love the shout out for the sequel too and kind of the progressive storyline there so i think that's awesome man so there you go mr incredible bob parr you're number one my number one 
Now, ironically, comes from a movie that I'm not crazy about. Like, I don't, like, love this movie. But the dad... But the dad in this movie is absolutely just, I just like, I don't know. I kind of like am about 10 years younger than this actor, this character in the film. And I kind of like 10 years from now want to be like this type of dad. Like, I feel like that would be me and I would kind of be, I would mirror his mannerisms in a lot of ways. But it was portrayed by J.K. Simmons from Juno and he plays... Juno's dad, Mac McGruff, yeah. in the movie. Uh, have you seen? The, the, you know who I'm talking about. This is an honorable about? mention for me. It was an honorable mention. Like I was going back and forth. Yeah, and he's he, so, J.K. Simmons is amazing. So yeah. he's an incredible dad in it. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's great. Oh my god, he's great, dude. I, I just saw him in Palm Springs not too long ago. I mean, this actor J.K. Simmons is like can right. do no wrong in my opinion. Whiplash, right. the Spider-Man films. I mean, he's just amazing. So that helps because I love the actor. Uh, but you know, Mac, the dad in this movie, and Juno finds out that his high school daughter is pregnant, you know, gets pregnant by accident, which, by the way, I also love Michael Sarah. So, you know, he's the father of this unborn baby. And, you know, Mac finds out and he's very compassionate and he's very understanding and he's very level-headed. And, uh, you know, he kind of says to himself, like, you know, I'm the adult here. What can I do to help this situation? What can I do to make it the best situation for my daughter? And it's a very, um, you know, you mentioned progressive earlier. It's a very progressive approach. I would like to think that I would be like that in that type of scenario. But, you know, he's also dropping the dad jokes and the one-liners, which are great throughout the movie. She decides that she wants to give the baby up for adoption, which, by the way, another thing that's great about him in this movie is he is letting her kind of go through the options. And he's like being very, you get the sense that he would be supportive of literally whatever she chose to do. And she she ends up choosing adoption. And, you know, he's at the hospital when, you know, she's going into labor and, you know, they know the baby's going to be given up for adoption. And at the end of the movie, you know, he has this beautiful line where she's obviously very emotional and, you know, on top of being in labor and everything else. And he's just like, you know, comforting her as her father, of course. And he has this line where he's like, it's okay, honey. You know, someday you'll be back here on your own terms. You know, and he gives her like a kiss, kiss on the forehead. Uh, I mean, just... I don't love this movie, but I, I get tears every time in that one scene specifically. And I think it's because of J.K. Simmons' delivery of, of that character. and of Because he, he does this thing in this movie, and a lot of these dads, truth be told, do this too in these other films that we've mentioned. But in this movie, J.K. Simmons is like, I feel like my right. dad's talking to me. <laughs> you know, like like he takes on like where he we just feel like he's our dad as we're watching Absolutely. it. You know what I mean? Um, and we kind of want... We kind of want that um, fatherly connection or, or whatever, you know, whatever word you want to fill in the blank there, what I'm trying to say. But but yeah, Mac from Juno is my number one, which is funny because I don't really like, I mean, I like the movie, but I'm not like, it's just funny to <laughs> me that this is my number one because it's not right. a movie that I would necessarily revisit on like a normal basis, like Back to the Future. No, it's funny because like in, in these movies, it's... It's interesting because a lot of times you'll get these incredible performances in movies that like, eh, I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you know, like, yeah, I think, um, I'm not a massive fan of Juno, but I do remember JK Simmons and his interaction with Elliot Page. Like they're incredible. And I think one of the best things he says mm-hmm. in that movie is he says, oh, hi, slightly larger June bug. It's cause he always has different names for his, for his kids. <laughs> and I, I mean, you're a dad, you have tons right. of different names for your kids who knows what they are. And, love it. and yeah. so like, I've always loved that too. I, I just have, I, I love that because like, yeah. I remember, I mean, I, still do it because of this dumb dad from the Tasmanian Devil cartoon show. The dad in that show would always call his kids something different every single time he saw him. And so like J.K. Mm. Simmons had like mad Tasmanian mm. Devil dad energy in this movie. Because I do the same thing. I'll just like it'll like I'll just see it like we'll be like sitting down and like oh the girls my girls will wake up in the morning and I'll be like oh hey and I'm like I'm just looking outside it's like oh hey there gazebo and they're like oh daddy and then <laughs> so then his laugh and everything. But yeah his <laughs> J.K. Simmons is an That's absolute great. treasure. Oh, my gosh. Just love that guy. Well, there you go, man. So, Mac from Juno, portrayed by J.K. Simmons, is my number one. And that is our top five movie dads. Chris, why don't you uh, wrap up your top five and okay. just remind so I had, had uh I had Stanley Tucci in, in uh, Easy A. And then I had Armand Robin Williams from The, uh, the Birdcage. And then I had uh, Chief Brody. 
uh, Roy Scheider from Jaws, and then uh, Lee Abbott, aka not aka, mostly known as John Krasinski from A Quiet Place, and then uh, Mr. <laughs> Incredible from Incredibles Two, aka, yeah, AKA his, his real name, Craig <laughs> like, yeah, no, T. Nelson, bringing the heat. Oh, love it. Um, okay, so my number five was H.I., portrayed by Nicolas Cage from Raising Arizona. My number four was Marlin from Finding Nemo. My number three was George McFly from Back to the Future. My number two was Mr. L, uh, or Jim's dad, portrayed by Eugene Levy from the American Pie films. And my number one was Mac, portrayed by J.K. Simmons in 2007's Juno. All right, Chris, so you know we're going to head over to social media in a, man, uh, in a minute, man. we got to open up the suggestion box. But before we do that, I wanted to see what honorable mention you have now as you know being a regular yeah. contributor to the show i only have five <laughs> so i have five i'm going to give here to round out my top 10 what do you got i, I don't know if i have a full fi- uh, another five like uh, jk simmons was on there for me um of course uh mm-hmm. i had alfred from batman all 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 alfred from across all of it not okay. and i think that's why i think it was so important about when you said the nicholas cage character alfred's not a, the biological mm-hmm. father but you know alfred loves right. bruce more than anything in the whole universe yeah, yeah like and, a son. And for so, sure. like, yeah. he stepped up and was the dad when there was nobody else around. So, Alfred. Um, Marlon was on there, of course. Uh, my other Robin Williams would have been um, Peter Banning from Hook. Um, and also, because uh, it would have been that, but a lot of it, he's, a, he's not a good dad until the very end. So, that's kind of what mine was, is that, like, I want to keep guys that were solid yeah, dads yeah. from start to finish. Like, we're, we're really... Yeah, yeah, that's why... Uh, that's my that was my thought process for Vader yeah. too. That's why I didn't pick right. Darth Vader just because he's good yeah, at the last exactly. like minute. Yeah, same thing <laughs> from uh, same thing. I I totally dismissed Henry Jones Senior because like no, he's a terrible dad. Like he finally his son he sees his son right. fall off a tank. I mean Indiana Jones movies are my favorite, but um yeah no Ron Williams and Hook at the end is a dad that I've tried to model myself after. Like when I saw that movie as a kid, I'm like oh I want to be the dad that Ron Williams is at the end of Hook and always be that. That. so mm-hmm. yeah and then um mm-hmm. I, I think that was and then oh uh john candy in both great outdoors and summer rental john candy oh, john yeah. candy That's he's good. just yeah. especially good. in great outdoors loves his wife loves his kids spends wants to spend as much time as possible with them the kids love him the kids think he's great you know what i mean great outdoors like they love him they want to spend time with their dad he's just dealing with yeah. dan Aykroyd the whole time but it's just like he just want yeah, he wants yeah, to spend time with his in, kids uh, that's it and they want to spend time with him he's a good dad yeah john yeah, john candy a good dad yeah john candy's the best man even you could even say like uncle buck yeah i mean you know he's the uncle but he right. takes on that father role you know all right so to round out my top 10 buddy you already mentioned armand from the birdcage and then i had uh brian mills oh, taken yeah. portrayed by Liam he's very Mason. specific he's right. very specific now. in the set of skills he has as a parent <laughs> yeah, <really? laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got, some, yeah. he's got some skills. Uh, you mentioned Dill from Easy A would have been my number eight. My number nine would have been Bob Parr from The Incredibles. So there you go. And then my number 10 was kind of a left field pick, but I thought of it yeah. pretty early on. And it's funny because it's only it's only one scene in this movie that the guy appears in. But I'm not shitting you that it's literally probably one of my like top 10 movie scenes ever from any movie. It's uh, Clifford Worley. Portrayed by Dennis Hopper oh, from True Romance. Yeah. He's Christian Slater's dad in True Romance. And he has this kind of showdown scene right. with Christopher Walken. And he won't get he won't give up right. Clarence's his son's location because he knows they're gonna kill him. And he basically kind of like what you said with Krasinski, but he basically sacrifices himself uh to save his child. You know, that's really what it comes down to. He knows he's facing death. But nothing is going right. to get him to give up his kid, uh, and it's only—he's only Dennis Hopper's only in that one scene, but so powerful, man! Such a great movie scene. If anybody has not seen True Romance, uh, I would almost tell you just to YouTube right. that scene and check it out. So there you go. That rounds out our top ten, man. So Chris, you know what we like to do, man? When we end every episode, we head over to social media and we open up the old suggestion box and see what All the fans right. have to say. Okay. Let me, uh, let me get over there, Chris. There's going to uh, be some Clark Griswolds, which I don't like because I don't think Clark is a particularly good dad. But there's going to be like, there's going to be some Clark, Ooh, there's going to be some Griswolds in there. And I don't, yeah. All right. So let's see. Yeah. So let's see. So over in the old suggestion box, Carrie, good friend of mine from all the way back in the Blazing Caribou days, she did the first name yep, she mentioned. Yep, is there Clark you go. Griswold. I do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, there, so there you go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, she also says Darth Vader, which I already kind of yeah. said why, you know, I'm not going Vader. Uh, Jack Byrne from Meet the Parents, which I think is De Niro. Yeah. Meet the Parents. I, I can see one. that. Yeah. <laughs> 
And then uh, she also mentioned uh, Professor Henry Jones Sr., yeah. which you already talked about a little <laughs> All bit. All good dads at the end of the movie. Uh, Jared Taylor. All good dads uh, at the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Redemption. You know, redemption, I guess, carries into redemption. Jared Taylor, uh, patron and friend of the show, says Noah. Oh, I didn't know his name was Noah. Noah Levenstein from oh, there you go. American Pie. Clark Griswold. Uh, we didn't mention Daniel Hilliard from Mrs. Doubtfire. <sighs> I, I, I absolutely disagree. He's the worst one. dad. He's an absolutely horrible dad. And like, okay. Why is that? Think about the party that he throws at the beginning of that movie. And if you're the mom that walks in and there's a donkey in the kitchen and like, he is not, he's not a dad. He's another kid that she has to raise. And like, he quits his job, even though I know he's doing it for a, for a purpose. But it's like, you quit your job as a dad. No, man, you don't quit your job as a dad. He's unreliable so much so that he, she has restriction from seeing his own kids. That's how, and the kids don't want to go hang out with them. They don't want to go hang out with them. But again, yeah, but again, redemption. Yeah. He comes back around. He's a terrible dad. Like I, <laughs> I, hundred percent disagree with that movie. Yeah, he's not a good dad. Oh man. Uh, uh, Jared also says Brian Mills from Taken and Jason Furious Styles from Boys in the Hood. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good if one. Mem- if, mem- if memory serves. Let's see. Uh, Julio from The Contrarians. Love that dude. Patron and friend of the show says Dennis Quaid oh, from Frequency. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Josh. No, that's such yeah. a good one. Yeah. Oh, I that's knew good. there was one I was missing. That's a that great a pick. Yeah, absolutely. Big Chief. Yeah. That is a good one. He also says Josh Hamilton from 8th grade, which is also kind of an indie uh, left field pick, but he is right man that was a really good performance when he's uh he's a single dad raising this eighth grade girl who's going through changes and like just like you mentioned already so much awkwardness right. involved at that age uh and there's a really really touching scene where they they have a conversation around the fire pit in their backyard i haven't have you ever no seen eighth grade? i haven't yeah i'm sh- sounds good though yeah, yeah. Really good, really good. And then the last one he mentioned, which I thought was cute, is uh, Robert Downey Jr. from oh. Avengers Endgame. Oh, my gosh. 3000. We he just rewatched that, that, and I was sobbing at the end when he says that. Like, I love you, 3000. Oh! Oh! Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lauren, friend of the show, says Bob Parr yeah. from The Incredibles, Kerchik from Tarzan, and Marlon from Finding Nemo. So there's all yeah, all Kerchik's Disney a good dad. Now. That's a very good one. Could have Mufasa yeah. too. Mufasa would have been a, a pretty good deal. Yeah. yeah, Mufasa. Yeah. Uh, Dan Roski, top tier patron of the show, says Furious Styles from Boys in the Hood, Mac from Juno, Henry Larson from Home for the Holidays. How about this one? Wayne Zelinsky from Honey I Shrunk yeah, the Kids. Yeah, he. Yeah, he. Yeah, Ray yeah. Moranis. It's yeah. so funny. We just rewatched that movie too. My my. My youngest daughter is obsessed with it right now, and I forget that the parents are separated at the beginning of the movie. Like that did I didn't catch that at the beginning when I was a kid. I just thought she was somewhere else. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, he so Dan Roski also mentioned George McFly, but then he's got these two and he put them in a separate category. And I, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm worried about Dan now, but he says Jack Torrance, which is yeah, from the Shining. Great, great dad. <laughs> I don't think that he's great trying to murder dad. his family. <laughs> And then he also says, and then he also says, Bill from the Kill, <laughs> Kill Bill films. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I mean, they're definitely right. great characters, but I don't know. <laughs> Thank funny. you, Dan, for the shout outs there. Uh, Joey Austin. Joey Austin has a good one. He says George Bailey from yeah, It's a Wonderful yeah. Life. Like I, I, I could have seen that too. Of course, you could have an Atticus Finch from To Kill a Mockingbird too. That was one that I, I wish I would have put on there as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's just do a couple more here. Uh, Michael Hill, friend of mine in real life and a patron of the yeah. show, says Marlon from uh, Finding Nemo. Russell Case from Independence Day. Uh, that's um. Oh, Randy I would have done. I would done the president Day, in that one. That's what the, the yeah. The Bill Pullman, Bill yeah. Pullman, right? Yeah. Well, maybe that is. No, what was the? I, I should I should IMDb it. I feel like Russell Case might be Randy Quaid's character, but anyway, uh, he's also got Mac from Juno, so he lines up with me there. Cameron Poe from Con Air. There's another Nick Cage, and then he says Benjamin Martin from The Patriot. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dan Brennick from Netflix and Swills just says Liam Neeson in Taken. End of list. The dude takes on the Albanian mob in France for his daughter. There is no better. <laughs> it's it's about it's about preventing. Uh, it's about it's preventing one. that from happening in the first place. You know. Anyway, yeah, yeah. How'd she, yeah. How'd she get there? Right. How'd she get there? Who let her go to France yeah. by herself? You know. Uh, which really, yes. I guess, was the mom. To be honest, because I feel like Liam Neeson was against that. Right. What I recall. Oh, let's see. Uh, Joe Ketchum, new uh, fan to the page. Thank you for joining up over there, Joe. He says Stanley Tucci in Easy A, George McFly in Back to the Future, and Tom Stall in A History of Violence, which is a movie that I had still 
have not I, seen I, I was, it, which I I own yeah, the movie I now. Seen it either, yeah, same. And I still I haven't, haven't seen, seen it. it. Yeah, yeah. We we mentioned uh, Dan Roski earlier. He's such a cool dude, man. He's a patron of the show, and he a history of violence came up on this show once, and he oh, like, okay. sent me the Blu-ray. Well, <laughs> He's like, dude, see it. You just have like, to see it, it now. Yeah, watch that. <laughs> I gotta watch off. it. Yeah, I know. I gotta watch it. Yeah, what am I doing? Uh, David Powell sells. It says Bill Nye in About Time, oh. which is a movie that I have not yeah, seen. Yeah, Bill Nye. It's about. so funny because when I was thinking of dads, I was thinking about Phil, Bill Nye's character in in uh, in Shaun of the Dead, and just like he had to step up that scene, the the speech he gives uh, Sean at the end of it. Anyway, Bill Nye, he's great. He's so great. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, great. Yeah, I agree with that. And then we'll wrap up on Amanda. I love her, a longtime uh, contributor and friend of the show. She says, "Mr. Bennett." In Pride and Prejudice, and she would particularly pick Donald Sutherland from 2005. Uh, I mean, she's half right. You you go from the A&E definitive miniseries, uh, that Mr. Bennett's a pretty good dad. Yeah, no, she's right, though. She is right. You got to get a Mr. Okay. Bennett in there. That's a good list. All right, Chris Brayton, uh, big fan of yours. Love you, man. Love your show. Love, Just love you, man. I just love you. Thank you so much for coming on short notice. Why don't you tell everybody that's listening that might not have tuned in to I Like to Like Things Yet, where they can find it, how they can, how they yeah, can look so it Yeah, so you up. can find us on Twitter and Instagram at, at like2, the number two. That's like2, like things. Um, we're on all podcast platforms. We release every Monday. Um, and like I said, we have a main episode, and then you're going to see on their response edition. So those are two they coincide with each other um, but you can plop down on any episode there's no reason to like start at the beginning um, if you're curious about which what episode is about what just let me know um, but I, I'm very active on social media willing to take any type of messages at all but yeah like two the number two like two like me thanks Chris I appreciate you being here man oh, it's a blast, uh, anytime hit, hit me up let's do it anytime love it love it alright guys we will be back yeah man we will be back next week we will have another top five and another pee on the pod every Everybody take care.